0: Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game up to the next level. I am Sarah.
1: And I'm Rob.
0: How we doing, Rob?
1: You know, I'm just getting back to the table here because I actually stepped away. We're gonna
0: do something a little different today. We'll see if it works out. Uh, Doing our own sound engineering is always fun. Always fun. (laughs) Always,
1: always, always fun. So...
0: Hello everyone out there in
1: Mixlr land. We appreciate you always joining the show and uh, hope you guys continue to do that because we love having live audiences. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: And uh, speaking of live audience, I want to give a big shout out and I love you to my sweetums, Sean. Today is his birthday. Well, happy birthday, Sean. I'm so glad you're out there too. So I love you. I love being with you. I've loved that you a part of my life and uh, here's to many more.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Here, we actually have drinks today. So Cheers. We'll just... A little clinking.
0: And a little drinking. All right.
1: So that being said,
0: we have a show spotlight. We do.
1: And, like, going over this, it went from, we're going to have to talk about a lot to, holy crap, we're going to have to talk about a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the system spotlight today is on White Wolf's World of Darkness. Um and uh, for for those of you who know it, know why this is such an expansive topic. Because the game has gone through many editions, many uh, uh, releases, re-releases, ups and downs and controversies. And there's a billion different settings for it. Like, it's not just one game. It's, like, a multitude of games that kind of make a... Uh, almost like the, like the MCU has done the cinematic universe. They've got their own, like, game universe... And uh Yeah. Luckily I think in, 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 in amongst all that, yeah. The the release of the game itself really shook up the tabletop role playing system because it was so new and so different at the time and it was oh, just God. such I a mean, phenomenon.
1: I never I, I guess stepping away from all of it and, and looking back at it from our perspective here, um, I didn't realize really when it hit and mm-hmm. how it hit. <laughs> Until I started looking, and I'll honestly say this, and watching some of the documentary. And yeah. I'm going to say this. If you were ever, in any way, a fan of World of Darkness, whether it's Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf, uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Ascension, uh, Wraith the... Uh,
0: I mean, you can keep going, but there's but, too but, many to list.
1: Yeah, so if you were ever part of that, and, and or in the goth scene that was kind of attached to it, mm-hmm. uh, or LARPing it, and you have Amazon Prime, look it up. It's there, honestly- It's, it's a, called
0: World of Darkness. Yeah,
1: and it's a really good documentary. I think it does it justice.
0: I didn't know it existed until like last night, and Rob and I got on Discord together, and we're just kind of talking to finalize our notes for the for the, uh, for the the show today, and he's like, so I was watching the documentary, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sorry, you you were what now? You what now? <laughs> you, you what, mate? Are you having a giggle
1: there? Yeah, but seriously, I think uh, one of the best parts about it for me was actually seeing some of the art. Splashed up on the the screen, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn, that is so telling." Mm-hmm. Like I, it took me right back to the first time I turned pages oh, in that book. I know. And honestly, realistically, for me, werewolf wasn't the first for me. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, uh, vampire was not the first for me. Werewolf was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I kind of figured out they were all connected. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, it was really neat. It was different, and it was something that I didn't expect, but the timing for when it came out truly was so telling. Like when you have, I mean, it was birthed right around
0: 1990. Oh uh, yeah. 1991. Right. So it uh, was when, was um, when first edition vampire. Yeah. Came so out. Yeah. Gen Con
1: 1990 was when uh, the group known as White wolf was actually putting it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and white wolf before that was, a, it was like a, a magazine It was yeah. like a zine a that uh, was just two brothers writing it out of their house mm-hmm. and photocopying it at wherever they could until they produced it into like something real, like a magazine, even before the game came out. Yep, yep. Um, but it was stories. It was collections of information and and other, you know, other content that they had. Um, but White Wolf as a system that became vampire is all that we can kind of think of right now. Mm-hmm. So that they already were telling stories well before it they were already coming up with ideas and things that were outside of this genre. And it wasn't until 1990 when the idea basically hit them. that They were like,
0: driving through what Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana, which, Gary, Indiana, the urban blight that is there. Yeah. And, I
1: mean, it was in all honesty, it was the rust belt that died Yeah, and just was left to urban decay. Yeah. And if I mean any of the movies that are post-apocalyptic,
0: it looks just hey, like hey, that. We, we live in Detroit. You don't got to explain rust belt, urban decay to me, <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know just but, but just looking at that and going who would even live here Right. and somebody said vampires and it exploded from that yeah and they were like oh holy crap what if we made a game based around you being the vampire right. like and at what story would you tell vampires
1: were monsters mm-hmm. like you fought vampires there yeah, was no you concept. hunted them
0: for treasure in D&D yeah right there
1: was no concept of you becoming one mm-hmm. and now there was this and then behind all of that at the same time you had kind of the punk goth subculture yeah you know, that was out there that was clubbing, that was kind of new, and people were getting attached to it. And now you had these two cultures. You had the nerd culture that was already ridiculed and left to the side. Mm-hmm. And you had the goth culture that was ridiculed and set to the side. Suddenly kind of having a common interest. Yeah. And it got really powerful. Yeah. yeah. And exploded very quickly between 1991 and I would say 1995. Like, it became a predominant system that communicated role playing
0: oh absolutely i don't i don't think i knew anybody who didn't play vampire by 1998 or or at least hadn't played it once or at least or and i, I would say i dare say probably by 96 it had infiltrated like every facet of my group yeah and
1: and i'll honestly say that i knew more people who larped vampire mm-hmm. than any other LARP.
0: See, I didn't get into LARPing until I went to uh, Michigan State okay. uh, in 98. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, by the I, I went up there and people were like, oh, dude, if you're going to hang out with this dude, you got to check out this vampire LARP. You, you role play, right? I'm like, yeah, of course you have role play. And like, okay, yeah, de- definitely drop by the vampire LARP. You're going right. to love it.
1: I mean, and it it opened up a whole different level of I need to buy more clothes, which was not something words ever uttered by a gamer. It was like, what, mm-hmm. like a gaming shirt or something, which was still rare. <laughs> you know, but now you have to buy clothes. I mean, one color. Don't get me wrong.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. But like,
1: it it gave us an image into a world as gamers mm-hmm. that we don't normally see. Like the idea, and I will flat out say this: the idea of a tabletop gamer going to the club was not a thing. It 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 just. Oh you, yeah. Those two things, did, but now you had an image of what that looked like. Right right like what does the club scene look like well turn to page 65 in the you know vampire book and well that's pretty much it right there
0: <laughs> well hell even if you even if you knew some of the goth crowd yeah you know, i mean because because i did mm-hmm. and so i there were people who were like hey let's go downtown to city club oh yeah there you go you know and, which and for was, those uh, of those of you who are a little older you know, walls all painted black goth <laughs> industrial music uh you shitty know, don't go to the
1: bathroom kind of situation yeah, yeah. sort
0: of sort of situation uh in in, in downtown detroit and uh uh, and for, I think it's still that way kind of, but I don't uh, think it's changed at all. I don't think it's changed at all. But you know, after you, you go there and like, you run into people, you know, from your vampire LARP at the club, you know, and you're like, I didn't think I was cool enough to walk in here and I'm running into my gaming buddies, you know?
1: Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, I, I will say that it's, uh, the other thing that it did was I remember sitting at a table, mm-hmm. I, I think we were at a coffee house talking about gaming and someone's just like hey you guys gonna be playing you know you guys doing vampire you're gonna do vampire with that group and i was just like yeah mark's gonna be running a game and literally a table away from us was a girl in all black Uh uh-huh you know who was just sitting there with like one of her friends kind of gothy but her friend was way more gothy literally turned and looked over and said you guys play vampire and we're like, yeah, there's a... There. And, like, we don't look yeah. at all the same. Yeah. And that conversation would never have been broached. Uh-huh. And she literally walked over and she was like, hey, like, we're looking for a group. And I'm like, really? And the first thing that ran through my mind is the same thing that goes through my mind right now. Geeks just met girls. Yeah. I mean, that that was
0: Vampire. That was the other big thing. It, it yeah. brought gender parity to, to gaming in a large way there. Well, one of the key things that I thought was neat about Vampire... And, and werewolf,
1: the whole white wolf thing was uh, race, sex... Didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. That was that wasn't even in there. Everybody, like, everybody it was, was just a, something you write in. But sure. everybody's a vampire. Everybody's a werewolf. Everybody's a mage. Everybody, mm-hmm. Like you, you didn't have you, you. had some cultural centers where certain things were more prevalent, mm-hmm. or a style of something was more prevalent. But it wasn't like all of the mages lived in India, right. and all of the all the werewolves lived in Germany, and all of the vampires lived in New York or you know Atlanta or whatever you know, or even to the state of the degree that all the Ravenos were in you know. Yugoslavia. Like, yeah. no, no, that wasn't how it was at all. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, you had secting of groups based on blood or based on the, the type you were, whether you were a glass walker or whatever as a werewolf.
0: Right. But it, but it takes all kinds. Exactly. And yeah. so it
1: opened a lot more doors. It took diversity to a totally different level. Yep. And you you had demeanors that were kind of accustomed to a ventru, mm-hmm. you know, or to a, a Ravenous or a Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. But they weren't facts. Yeah, you didn't have to play your character snooty, right? Or or right. decrepit or whatever. Even if you were a Malcave, which were known for being insane, mm-hmm. you didn't have to drive. A, you didn't have to walk around like the Joker, mm-hmm. you know, or or some you know, or Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde kind of person. Yeah, my you long had
0: my longstanding Malk was a masochist. Exactly. You perfectly had perfectly functional.
1: You had all you know? of these different realms within them, and and that really made for better character development. Like, you really? had a whole book that basically... I take that back. You, you had a whole system that was basically generated around the fact of you are a unique individual. Here is an entire series of books to help you make a better character for who they are. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily... I mean, yeah, powers were involved in the process. Don't sure, get me wrong. Sure, sure, sure. But there were pages devoted to flaws. No. And and issues and and other things that made up who you were more than what you were right right and it was a, it was a
0: so different way to look at things mm-hmm. and that was a, a major part for me for world of shadows as a whole yeah absolutely uh, and then, of course, you know, it's it's gone through so many different iterations, too, and we, not only just Vampire, but then, you know, off of that, they kind of started spinning the whole World of Darkness thing. Um, you ended up with, like you were listing them before, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Ascension, Changeling the Dreaming, Wraith the Oblivion, Hunter the Reckoning, Demon the Fallen, and Mummy the Resurrection. And that was just in the first World of Darkness. The classic. The classic. The classic. are yeah. we're, we're, we're going to separate. Um, a little bit here
1: because uh for there's, the, yeah there,
0: there's some history here there's some the history system.
1: but effectively we'll cut it to the short and that is is there was um we'll go with two major editions there was a classic version that basically ended in 2004 yeah that I think right. that was I think that was the date. That sounds right don't kill me on that one um because they actually set basic an end. Yeah, an end to it. A
0: lot, a lot of their um, plot lines for the various uh, for the various uh, stories were uh, having to do with the coming of the end times, essentially. And yes. that's the reason the world of darkness was dark in the first place, is because essentially we were on the precipice of the apocalypse. Right. And they they had a term for it, and they had Gehenna was the, yeah, was, Gehenna. the was the was the term for vampires, but but it was different for every sect. But they all kind of had their the whole the end is coming sort of thing. Right. Right. And so when that end came,
1: they wrote a book for it. Mm -hmm. They had published it. And that was the close. Yeah. And then uh, it was 2011. They released a new, uh, effectively like a new series with new blood. And and it was a different system a little bit. Yeah. uh, Math-wise, I will say that. Um, And then a, a second edition of that came out later.
0: Yeah, they 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 found the first edition of the New World of Darkness right. was not being well received, right? Um, because it it had changed some fundamental things about how the game worked, mm-hmm. and uh, the not not just game mechanics, but like the fundamental feel of it. Very much like uh, like how fourth edition D D turned off a lot of players because it felt video gamey almost Mm -hmm. um you know very rote in form like you just had these moves you you you, 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 you did and didn't really focus a lot on the role play um new world of darkness first edition had the same issue to it chronicles of darkness is what they call it right right the chronicles of darkness had had kind of the same same issue Mm -hmm. um and so uh they took that step back and they kind of reinvented them uh, a lot of things. They they revised some things and they put out second uh, second edition Chronicles of Darkness mm-hmm. uh, games, uh, Vampire the Requiem. They had yeah. rebranded certain yeah things. yeah yeah yeah. Um and uh, so primarily what we're going to be talking about though is going to be the classic classic World of Darkness. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I have not actually uh, in the interest of disclosure have not actually played any of the Chronicles of Darkness New World darkness stuff
1: i i stepped into one game but did not get exceptionally far in it Mm -hmm. um and for the most part i felt there was a lot of uh that it was hard for me stepping from classic to the new one Mm -hmm. um because of how much history and um, depth that was in it. Very much like how I had a hard time between 7C 1st Edition and 2nd Edition. Yeah. It was very similar to that. Fundamental
0: that it, shift in tone. Yeah, uh, but
1: not complete. I think they still tried to embody a lot of the classic feel mm-hmm. of it. Um, and it, it does come off, but uh, they also tried to explain what changed. Like, what why why things were different, and uh-huh. I think that was a struggle within itself. So, now that being said,
0: right, uh, right. we're going
1: to focus on the classic, right, and, and I, the general feel.
0: But I, at the same time, I think yeah, the, the, the things things that translate between one to the other it does not matter if you're playing Chronicles Darkness or World of Darkness. But you're still going to have um, very much the same feel for the story. Uh, the, the the sort of moods and themes and such like that are it did not change, um, and I think a lot of the core mechanics are pretty universal across White Wolf properties. Um, even extending into things like the Aeonverse uh, mm-hmm. that I love, uh, yeah. the uh, uh, Aberrant, Adventure, and Trinity, yes. um, where you're still going to have a lot of the same mechanics. Things are rolled mm-hmm. off of D10s, et cetera, et cetera. So as we discuss game mechanics, understand that this is um, pretty universal.
1: Okay. I, I, I agree with that. So so let's talk about uh, when you say, when I think of uh, World of Darkness, mm-hmm. I think of a gothic punk soap opera.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really good way of putting it.
1: Um, because it is art. It is style. Um, it is uh, a world where there is no definition of good or evil. Everything is very gray. Everyone has agendas. Mm-hmm. Um, yet there is a deep society. Um, there's at tragedy everywhere yeah and things are falling apart yeah. it is post-apocalyptic without being post-apocalyptic
0: well it's not post-apocalyptic it's pre-apocalyptic is the, yeah. is the thing and, and and that that's I think what you what you need to really understand about the setting is that not just pre-apocalyptic as in it hasn't happened yet right but it's about to happen and and, and any one of the note signs knows it's there. happening yeah the signs are all there. Uh, and that's very much the feel of it, um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, though, it's a drastic shift in feel uh, and playstyle from something like Dungeons and Dragons. Where D and D is very much based around your adventuring day. You're going to keep track of your equipment. You're going to keep track of your spells. You're going to keep track of hit points. Your moves are going to be very tactical and ordered. You've got a strict initiative order, and you're yeah. going to have a move, an action, a bonus action, etc. You know, yeah. things are very structured. And and you you even play it with miniatures on a grid. Oftentimes, you can play it theaters of the mind die, but the rules lend themselves very much to being played. With with some sort of physical representation,
1: I'll be honest, I never did. Not a single time. Everything was theater of Eye. No, no, no.
0: I mean with D and D. Oh yes, but in comparison,
1: yes, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, I thought you already jumped.
0: But in comparison, yeah. Uh, theater of the mind. It was it was very um very free form, very dr- exceptionally dramatic, mm-hmm. and given the the things that were on the market at the time this was a dramatic move for what people used to know as role-playing games, you know? Yeah,
1: the idea of having everyone in a weird way a spellcaster, tr- like, as far as yeah. the d d you could always do something unique, supernatural. and supernatural, yeah. and different, move through shadows, or fog, or or affect someone's mind that wasn't ESP, or you throw know, a car at or someone, or move at hyperspeed, or yeah. do something like that, like, all of that was very freeform, but at the same time, there were challenges to doing all of that, mm-hmm. and for the first time, I think in most systems, the system was against the player. The odds really weren't in the player's yeah. favor
0: yeah the, the, the system itself, especially in first edition mm-hmm. vampire, was really harsh. So I, I think before we get into this discussion we should we should explain what the system is um and how it works like from a numbers and dice standpoint. So, gameplay in White Wolf games um, typically involve, uh, you'll have nine attributes. Those would be three physical attributes, three mental attributes, and three social attributes. Physical attributes being your strength, dexterity, and stamina. Your uh, mental attributes being perception, intelligence, and... Man- no, not manipulation. Uh, s- perception, intelligence, and... I'm not thinking of it right now. Somebody's going to be yelling at me. Um, you got to then-
1: wait, like, you know... T- 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 a couple more. I've, I've got to wait ten seconds
0: up. to catch up for us in the uh, uh, in, in the live in chat. chat. Uh, but then your 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 social stats were things like appearance, mm-hmm. manipulation, mm-hmm. Uh, and charisma. No, something like that. Uh, but anyways, we should pull up a character so sheet it'd be funny. You have you have these 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 attributes. Okay, yeah. um, and then underneath there you have I think oh god there's probably. Thirty some skills, yeah. I want to say, um, right. on average, most of them are universal between systems, like mm-hmm. firearms and brawl, mm-hmm. and you know, computers and such history. like that. Um, history, but uh, some of them are setting specific um, that will have to do with dealing with things within the certain setting. So, um, for instance, uh, uh, in Changeling, um, there's a uh, there's a skill called kenning which is essentially dealing your knowledge and lore of the changeling setting itself. right? Uh, which, of course, doesn't appear on anybody else's character sheets because they have no reason to have that skill. Exactly. Um, but, uh, so that's, again, that's pretty universal. And even, like, like I said, even if you bleed into something like Aberrant or Adventure, those are your white wolf, you know, things. So what you're typically going to do in any contest is take your attribute plus your skill, and those will be rated anywhere between one to five mm-hmm. each. Mm-hmm. So you may have only two dice. You may have as many as 10 dice. It all rolls 10-sided dice. You'll roll that many 10-sided dice according to what your total was. Um, and then typically on a seven or up, uh, it's counted as a success. And so you'll count individual successes rather than tallying a total of uh, of the numbers. Right, right.
1: And... In a lot of ways, this system is very close to 7c as Thank well you, um, in Whits. the sense that you had yeah in the sense that you have attributes that are, are dotted and then skills that are dotted and the dots equal dice mm-hmm. that you're rolling. Um, the difference in, uh, the, the difference with this is that' it's, it's cumulative to create a total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you roll, you still have to reach a success point. So certain dice don't necessarily equal a success.
0: Right. So a simple task might only take one or two successes on right. on your entire dice pool, you might only have to have one or two sevens or, or higher come up. Correct. But for something much more difficult, you may need upwards of five or six, or maybe it's even an ongoing test where every turn you need to have a certain minimum threshold or right. over a certain amount of toll, over a certain amount of turns, maybe five turns you have to accumulate a total of 20. Right. Likewise you have things like
1: a one, mm-hmm. which takes away a success. Yep, and then you have tens, which grant more. Sometimes count as not two always. successes, not under always under certain circumstances. You know, but at the same time, that that doesn't necessarily give you a higher chance of success. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, you're going for a seven, eight, nine, or ten, and on the other side, it's not that you just didn't make those. One of those other options is you remove one.
0: Yeah. And that's that's I think really where we're like first edition vampire really started like it really pitted the rules against you mm-hmm. because and I I was never I was never one hundred percent on how the math worked out on it but um, people smarter than me who understood. Uh, probability better than me i will
1: flat out say go into the discussion look at overwatch's comments i think he does a good job of kind of breaking it down in in in, in, in simple terms uh it's in the general discussion oh okay. uh, from yesterday On discord yeah uh it's i think it's a really good way that he broke it down because he he if anyone he's got the numbers for in his mind for it a-
0: about how at a certain threshold yep. it's wor- it's not worth it to throw more dice because you actually end up increasing the chances of failure Correct. At a certain, at a certain t- uh, rate. Right. But like all good story, t- like all good
1: characters and players, you know, blow on the dice, put them through your special thing, you know, kiss your lucky dice, only take your lucky dice. Right, right. You know, only this- roll the purple ones. This is <laughs> where
0: it really mattered. <laughs> yep. Like we had our dice for this game because if they touch the dice of the other game, ones could come up. We had a uh, we had a, a fun situation when we were playing online one time, um, where a, a mutual friend of ours right uh, had an ability where uh, she was playing a vampire mm-hmm. um, and could uh, shift out of uh, essentially the th- the ethereal realm uh, sure the the, the shadowlands shadowlands in this one okay. Um, So she could walk around in the Shadowlands and then uh, uh, essentially ambushed somebody with a katana Mm -hmm. and rolled a, like, critical success, like eight successes on the attack roll or something like that. Right. And because ones subtracted from your successes, rolled something like negative three on the damage roll. Okay. The storyteller went, that's ridiculous. I didn't see that roll. Roll it again. And rolled negative two this time (laughs) on the damage roll. (sighs) so because, definitely contact was made because white wolf <laughs> because white
1: wolf so the attacks was successful but there was no damage so how does the story reconcile something like that
0: uh it was a perfectly laid blow that the person dodged by sheer happenstance um okay. it was it was a drunken master moment for the for the opponent gotcha um, gotcha that uh, she ended up just dealing no damage on. Yeah, so. see,
1: I would, I could see it as the attack was successful, but did no damage, as in it slid under their armpit and they yep. carried through with it and moved beyond. So you think you were a masterful attack? Yep. And if they basically, I would have given them a chance to bluff it. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so hurt, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it was it was, it was was pretty
0: crazy. But but White Wolf produced results like that sometimes, you know? I would say more times than not. More times than not, Honestly. yeah. Honestly. I mean, we were talking about it, a, a little bit about the feel. Like,
1: if this was your first game, and you were playing White Wolf for what it was, oh, yeah. and you're sitting at the table, like, are you expecting at the end of that session to feel like a hero, to feel like you accomplished things, to feel like you defeated the monster? Or are you going to feel like a typical goth where you're depressed because...
0: Yeah, you might have done something, but yeah, it, uh... it almost it almost lends itself to a self self fulfilling prophecy. And I, and I think I I can't tell if it was good design or not to have done that. But the system kind of fights you, you know. Uh, so you've got this world of darkness where tragedy is abound, everything is falling apart, we're on the precipice of the of the apocalypse itself, and you know, and, and the system itself is making you fail. So, again, I don't know if that's good design or not, but it ends up producing stories where crappy things happen to good people who are giving it an honest try.
1: Honestly, I would say it does. Like, for me, it leans into what it really is like, what is expected out of that universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, 7C definitely leans into its heroics. Yeah. Without a doubt. There's, yeah. It is hard, hard to fail. In what you're doing at 7C. You mm-hmm. really got to try, or you've got to say, I'm failing. Much like Mouse Guard, you've got to actively fail. Yeah, I mean, you can not succeed in an amazing way, you know, or have severe consequences for your actions. You might not get
0: the the, the, the outcome you expect.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And even D&D to a degree is basically not a, f- you'll, you'll never roll to a failure. Especially in 5th edition. There's no one failure. Like, that's one thing that I find interesting is when you have Old Guard sitting at the table Mm -hmm. playing D&D 5th edition and someone rolls a one and they wince. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like it doesn't mean anything it anymore. Mean They're anything. like,
0: but but it's a one. But it's a critical fail. No, there's no such thing. There's no critical foul rule, dude. Right. It's a okay,
1: Chill like, out. Where it's just like, oh, you played old d and d? No, I played vampire. Oh, dude, dude, do you need to take a walk? Oh, right. <laughs> do you need a hug right now? Yeah. Like, I rolled six dice and there were three ones. Do you need to walk? Do you right. need to walk that off? Because uh, you're okay.
0: It's just ones. They're yeah. just
1: ones. In fact, there are stats that'll there there are things that abilities that will make those ones turn into twos. <laughs> Rob you know? Rob's
0: over here. Laughs in seventh C. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just ignore the ones. Just ignore them. Just, just ignore, ignore them. them. They... Just take the tens instead. Yeah, exactly.
1: And that's the thing is is that the system literally pushes you into that feeling of, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. What what happened to me today? Yeah. And, I mean, you look at it at, at, by today's standards, and there's a lot of people who can compare this to a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Constantine, and I can't think of how many times Constantine basically in his stories was just like, shit, what's happening today? Right. Like, okay guys, great, I'm
0: getting my ass kicked again. Who are you again? What's that John Mullaney quote? You ever have one of those days where you just think to yourself, This might as well happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that to a degree is yeah. what White Wolf was about. Yeah. And at the same time, it made for really neat stories. But it's it's not just it's not just about getting kicked while you're down. It's just about trying your best and tr- like fighting that good fight when you're when you're a monster you know when you yeah. know that you are the thing that goes bump in the night how do you deal with that you know
1: what kind of stories do you write in those
0: worlds do you how do you how do you struggle against your um you know your your attempts to retain your humanity when you've got this beast inside of you that, de- that demands blood. Right. You know, or, or, or I'm a mage. I am unbelievable at my
1: craft. I can literally turn you into a martini glass mm-hmm. and your hat into an olive and sit down yep. and enjoy it. But at the same time, I am equally as screwed as anyone else trying to do that and can literally fold myself into oblivion mm-hmm. because I
0: screwed up and the world said no and i mean not not only that but you know you've got your your other people who are essentially trying to bring about the apocalypse yeah in mage itself which is uh, a long story but actually i think it's a great segue though into one of my other favorite features about the world of darkness though go on and that is and we've talked about um i've talked about games that uh have um rules written in them that enhance the setting uh, that make the setting come out in the rules. Yes. So we, I think, well, one of the things we mentioned during that that particular discussion was Seventh uh, Sea <laughs> with their uh, the, the the bloodline magics mm-hmm. and the drama dice and such yep. like that are all very you know expressions of what the game wants you to be doing. Yes, very much so. Uh, White Wolf was arguably the first people I think to ever really do this.
1: I would agree. Um, I would totally agree. And that, at least at least to the mainstream eye.
0: Right. So I mean we we, we discussed basically that that the core sort of rules that take place in all White Wolf games. But mm-hmm. when you get into the particulars of it, um so vampire, uh particularly, you would have a blood stat. Um uh, it's your blood pool. Um and you would use your blood then to feed your uh, uh you could use it to heal wounds. You could use it to power certain of your vampiric disciplines. Disciplines were another thing. Those were your special vampire powers of, like, super speed, super strength, the ability to turn into, you know, animals or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, There were multitudinous and, 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 you know, there's explanations for all of them. Of course. Um, But all of these were were specific vampire rules that made it easier and better and more immersive to play a vampire and when i said your struggle against humanity you know to retain your humanity that's an actual stat yeah that's a that's on your sheet you know yeah uh so i mean losing your humanity is not just a storytelling ath- aspect but also a stat yeah. that you could diminish by doing monstrous calloused acts
1: yeah which, and again, the idea of a monstrous or callous act was not something that was decided by the storyteller alone. There mm-hmm. were
0: kind of rules in the system designed around what that was. There were. There were thresholds of virtue, essentially, mm-hmm. where if, yeah. you, if you did something below this mark and your humanity was higher than that, you had to make a check. Yeah. To see if your character was actually okay with that. Yeah. And if they were okay with that, they dropped their humanity score. Right. Because if you can if you can do something like that and still rationalize it, then yeah. you're slipping buddy. Exactly. You're turning into the monster. hmm mm-hmm. Um and, it, and that's kind of where the whole mood and theme of, of, of Vampire came in, where it was a personal struggle of personal horror. hmm You know, what was it like to be this this feral beast? Gauging yourself between you and the darkness. Mm-hmm and
1: and and it was right there it was it wasn't about experience it wasn't about uh, becoming something greater it was about fighting the daily balance between them yep. and that daily balance got
0: harder and harder every time you played yep and that was just vampire yeah so then you get into some of the other the other settings though and the feel changed like you all still had these the same world of darkness the same edge of apocalypse mm-hmm. sort of sort of feeling mm-hmm. um but all the different genres had their uh had their own um or all the the, the the individual books, the systems. Right. Um we call them genres in our setting. I'm not sure if that's the right
1: set it really isn't even
0: setting for okay. That's just what I grew up calling go, them. Go with it, go with um, it. Um so all the different all the different uh, subgenres had their own uh their own kind of feel for how they were fighting the apocalypse. Um so you had like werewolf the apocalypse were these like feral creatures that were actually born of Gaia of you know mother earth and they were supposed to be these 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 woodland protectors essentially that were these ultimate fighting beasts so that when um the forces of technology mm-hmm. and evil and corruption and such like that leaked into our system they she had a fighting force to essentially maintain the wild and beat those things back to maintain the uh, the balance and uh so a lot of theirs have to do with glory and honor. Um, there's a stat called gnosis, which is your, um, uh, your spiritual bond, essentially. Uh, they, they can walk openly in the spirit world, uh, things like that. So there were all Mm -hmm. game mechanics written into your werewolves for these things. Yeah. Also there was rage. Oh yeah. You know, the moon was a big, obviously for werewolves, you know, it was a huge thing. And then, you know how that affected your shape shifting and whatnot. Um, all sorts of different rules to enhance that feel uh mage mage was all about wonder yeah. and it was all about creating your own reality because that's what mages were
1: but at the same time balancing it with reality mm-hmm. like you couldn't break reality to a point
0: right or reality would tell you you went too far you had a stat called paradox which yeah. is when reality said okay i call bs yeah and and slaps you back for trying to alter it with yeah, one of your spells. Yeah, you're
1: not a cartoon character. Uh-huh. Well, welcome to reality.
0: Yeah, I see you flying, but gravity's actually a real thing. So, yeah. why don't we talk about that down here?
1: Yeah, how how are you doing that again? Mm-hmm. You you want to you want to try and explain to me, and I think you said it best that, or said it <laughs> and it made just like, a game of uh, how how well you can BS
0: your storyteller. <laughs> exactly.
1: And and how much your storyteller really accepts the the fields of reality and i feel like sometimes the best storytellers uh weren't so much rules lawyers as they were finite mechanics of reality yeah like okay explain it to me Mm -hmm. and some of the best players in
0: in mage weren't necessarily heavy character development people it was the people who could be subtle enough to slip their spell work past past reality correct Like,
1: and some, and I will flat out say, some things in the mage book made that a lot easier. They explained it very cleanly of like, oh, I'm a magician. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: I can pull rabbits from hats because that's acceptable within the magical circles. Right.
0: You believe that magicians can pull rabbits from hats. Ergo, I can get away with doing this right in front of you.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and and so that made, or uh, the technocracy. Yeah. Which was a group of techno mages, effectively, who basically were bsing everything they did with technology as like a guise, but not really. Well, those
0: those those were the bad guys, and that's a, that's a much longer story. Well, but, regardless but, of but, good or yeah, bad, basically, but, that but was basically way. they were they were doing magic and putting it in the form of technology, and then putting that into society so society would accept their magic yeah. as reality.
1: Yeah, and they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, they did or they didn't was based on your
0: roles. More but, than anything else. But but the point being, though, is mm-hmm. that every one of these subsystems of the world of, of the greater world of darkness yes. had their own game mechanics built in on top of the, the layer of standard White Wolf mechanics that enhanced the feel of the game, enhanced the character in the place of it, that you're not going to get out of a system like GURPS or out of Fate or something like that that's very generic. You can describe a lot of things with that, and arguably White Wolf could have gone that way. Mm-hmm. Of taking a core rule system and then using that one core rule system to explain the different uh, the different character types, but they didn't. They took it that extra le- that extra step and made rules for vampires, rules for werewolves. Well, it, and
1: I think one of the I, I think this is with I would say arguably, but um, with a strong degree, it helped a lot of white wolf leaned hard on character creation, background development. And specifically, personal growth Mm -hmm. within the story. So that the storyteller had a reason on your sheet to have a discussion with you. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't something that came along, especially not at that time. But it it leaned hard into, okay, this is a terrible setting in a tragic world that is on the edge of destruction. Great. That makes wonderful characters. No, no, no. I'm going to go a little further. You as a vampire are suffering.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And to determine your suffering, you have virtue and humanity. And that helps you understand what you're suffering.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, okay. So now I can define how that happens on a moment-to-moment basis with my storyteller. Or I'm a mage, and I'm s- not only is the world sucking, and I know there's these people trying to tear it apart, but at the same time every day I'm struggling to make sure that reality stays there while I play with it.
0: Yeah. And you don't stack up too much paradox and right end up. Yeah. Or as a werewolf, I'm here to protect
1: everything. And during this complete chaos that I know is coming to a close because mother earth tells me so, you know, but at the same time I have to keep myself in check at the same time as be honorable to my brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. that that gives you role playing that forces you into it at every step of the game while you're growing every role you make. And arguably that was nowhere in any
0: other system at that time. I mean, the closest thing you could even say to that was like D and D's alignment system. But even that doesn't even hold a, the the barest flicker of a candle. Well, not to only some of the systems like, that they it built didn't,
1: in here, it didn't affect your roles on a
0: on a moment to moment basis. Mm-hmm. The only thing that it really affected was a few spells and how no. they affected you. I mean, I think what it really comes down to, and this this was mentioned very heavily in uh, in the, the documentary that we watched, mm-hmm. was, uh, and this is kind of when, when they were talking about how it brought gender parity to the to the gaming yeah. scene, was because the the uh, the D&D world mm-hmm. um, that was the predominant game at the time was really a, a boys club because it was mm-hmm. a very strategy, very hack and slash, we Numbers. don't care, just you know, go in, conquer, get treasure, you yep. know, sort of numbers-based system. And that didn't really appeal to a lot of female gamers. But then when you had uh, White Wolf came out with World of Darkness with, uh, with Vampire, now you had a far more focus on story. Mm -hmm. on emotion and these are on relationships on relationships and these are all things that that the female crowd found that they were able to uh to get into a lot better
1: yeah i mean the idea using terminology like sires Mm -hmm. you know this is your sire this is your primogen these are people that you you don't necessarily trust implicitly because they're not family but they are family you know innocence you're you're trusting them at a blood level Mm -hmm. and yet in some cases They are closer to you than family. Yeah. They know you better than family. They can find you. They Mm -hmm. can feel you. They can read your thoughts at times, you know. And so in that, you have these bonds, this closeness, this, this, uh, you know, kismet Mm -hmm. that comes out of that. And then that was explored by all kinds of movies. Afterward, and TV shows and things like that, they kind of took that and ran with it hard. Yeah, I mean, for for better or worse, we 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 could talk about where the origins of where Underworld got ninety percent of its information from, (laughs) and
0: and the ensuing lawsuit.
1: (laughs) Regardless, um, you can say that all of that feel and and emotion and drive came out that way, Mm -hmm. and it really did draw a lot of people in. And yeah. it was beautiful, and it brought people to gaming yeah, that absolutely. wouldn't have been there, and then opened up the avenues of well, if I can do this, then I can, I could totally simplify these rules in a totally different world and, and setting, mm-hmm. and and keep that idea that character forward, that the character's involvement is more important than than the story. The story is merely a guiding premise to ride this character's truths and story. Yeah, out. yeah,
0: absolutely. and you have
1: total games that are that direction. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Uh, so I, I do want to just, uh, briefly, cause I know we've, we've listed kind of a lot of these, but, um, God, I do kind yeah. of, I mean, but there's, but there's a lot of them. Um, it's like the old world of darkness. Uh, so we started off with vampire. Obviously mm-hmm. we've got werewolf, the
2: apocalypse,
0: mm-hmm. uh, mage, the ascension, mm-hmm. um, which is all about reality bending essentially. Oh, uh, changeling. We haven't d- even
1: talked about changeling. We
0: haven't even talked about changeling. Jeez. Um, changeling, the dreaming for those of you who like stories about the fay. Uh, the the the, you know, the the summer and winter courts, yep. and um, you, you want the complete history of the fae the, Go the grab sea- yourself
1: Changeling and keep grabbing books until what? Probably S- ten years from now.
0: seely and unseely Fay, yeah. um, you know, fairies and stuff of like that, and all uh, stories of uh, inspiration and childlike wonder, kind of uh, mixed in, with in, in in a dying world. Where yeah. do you where do you find when you're powered from dreams? Where do you find that in and a dying? How bad world? are the nightmares? Right, exactly. And the nightmares are pretty pretty bad because nightmares are dreams too yeah um so but then also got... i'd
1: have to flat out say this and, and anybody who who's here will remember this if you knew somebody who had all of the changeling books
0: oh they fit well, together so nice on their, the, on their the, shelf. the spines of the changeling
1: were not very thick but they made a beautiful tapestry uh-huh from end to end if you had all of them and I, I've been lucky enough to know a few people who've had them and been like, oh, that's what it looks like. Because from, from one at a yes. piece, you're not sure what it's going to look like. Yes, But it was it was great that they had that so that you could look at it on your shelf and she'll be like, that is Changeling. I mean, from literally five feet away,
0: Oh yeah, I know when someone has Changeling. I'm, I'm sure you know our, our mutual friend uh, right down the road here. Yeah, has, right down the road. Uh, <laughs> right down the road. <laughs> right down the road. Uh, down the road. Uh, has, has all those in her library. Yes, so. yes. She was the one who introduced me to Changeling. Yeah. Uh, there was Wraith the Oblivion, which I thought was a good system but a bad setting. Well, I mean, um, I you, could I could uh, say
1: that uh, uh, like paranoia, yeah, well, <laughs> is a character creation system in a terrible setting. Uh, but Wraith did the same thing where it was like it was really hard, like you were saying uh, earlier. We were talking about it, and Wraith was an amazing design because of personal stories, your character develop, your character creation and guide has to be very strong for that. It's about ghosts, you know, unfinished yeah. business. So then, how do you have five? ghosts with unfinished business that are different hmm. doing it, something together
0: it's all kind of about your personal plot and stuff like that it, uh, very much so much more so as is wraith is a tormented soul mm-hmm. um but then there's kind of this whole society thing and it just it didn't really grab me but uh, your, your mileage may vary if you can find a wraith book give it a look um again it's it's an intriguing system and it's a, it's a very um uh unique setting uh they of course did hunter uh, Hunter the Reckoning, which was uh, the, you know, was just like it says on the tin, you know, the, the people who hunted the supernatural and fought essentially for the sanctity of humanity. Um, but they, they in and of themselves also had kind of some supernatural powers going on. Um, this is, I think, where you can find uh, characters whose, you know, true faith is strong enough to drive back the vampires. Yes. And whatnot. And so isn't that kind of a supernatural power in and of itself? Doesn't that make you supernatural? Aren't you the thing you're hunting? There were some themes definitely of that. Yes, um, definitely. Then very much towards the end of the World of Darkness they came out with uh, Demon the Fallen. Yeah, I think this
1: was I think this was getting us closer to uh the actual the, Gehenna, Gehenna, plot. Gehenna plot which yeah. they were preparing for and Demon specifically I think was the first uh car, like <laughs> I'll use the term card being flipped mm-hmm. uh for those of you who know what direction I'm taking on that one. Um and I, I think it was them kind of revealing uh what was to come. Yep. Without the, uh, without going too fur too too much
0: further. Um, some someone finds a crack in the walls of hell. Yeah. And they peek their head out, fully expecting their head to be taken completely off by an avenging archangel who's guarding the gates and no one is.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. vacant.
0: Yeah. And so they all just leave.
1: Yeah. And it I mean that's that's effectively what it is, but there's a lot more to that story than them just leaving. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it in it and it basically closed up some of the loops that hunter opens uh because in hunter there's explanations there's there's little gaps that are left open of like okay what's going on with archangel michael kind of a thing Uh and they're like well you know he's doing this and you're like okay well
0: shouldn't he be watching the gates of hell and then you find out in demon no 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 one is no no one knows where lucifer is no one's heard from god no one knows where the angels are yep i don't know yeah i don't know
1: yeah (laughs) And so that kind of opened up a whole other realm of, like, demons going,
0: like, even demons saying, like, this isn't, like, party day. This is really weird. Yeah, this is really weird. And, like, even some demons who are like went to hell and like honest to goodness repented and were like no 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 what we did was kind of messed up and i kind of want to get back into god's good graces but god's not home he's not picking up the phone i can't even find any of his intermediaries what right we no do? forwarding addresses or anything like how the hell am i going to handle this shit? i mean obviously you do have some demons who are like let's ruin everything yeah but, but i mean honestly that was your choice that was your character choice there was mm-hmm. all sorts of philosophies that came mm-hmm. out of these demons that were like no we used to be angels we should get back to that yeah you know if we're not going to be stuck in hell anymore we we've got work to do right know? right
1: and then and then mummy came after that mummy, the resurrection
0: i never I never played mummy i never I really didn't did even crack of...
1: the book of mummy, uh-huh, so i I don't know what they what they encapsulated in mummy, but from what I know, mummy basically talked about the beginning being the end, mm-hmm. so there were things that like much like the antediluvians in vampire in the first book mm-hmm. where they they knew truths and facts. they were there at the beginning right so yeah. by knowing the beginning you kind of have a view of the end right right and so in that you know you now have these people who who basically were around way longer mm-hmm. and were able to you know who were mortals in some cases not just and became gods mm-hmm. that then became omniscient in their own who basically said this is coming we know what's coming it's only going to get worse yep and you have no idea, like like you know how, like when you're scratch doing a scratch off and you see those first things and you get excited, like they're like you haven't even gotten to the first thing to see to
0: get excited, right, like right. you think you might win, but what you what what's coming is no clue, so uh, knocks in the box in in uh uh the live chat is asking, is this dogma uh in re- in re- reference to uh uh to the demon the fallen. And I, what I will say is this, is I've, I've never actually played the game. Um, I bought the book, and I could never get a group together for it. Um, But what I will say is, if you liked Dogma, and you thought they should have done more with the themes of angels and, you know, all that jazz, and you want to explore that more, Demon might be a good game to look out. I will say this. If you like Dogma... But you're
1: not a Catholic who if, – if you were raised Catholic and no histories on saints and, uh, and angels and seraphim in general, mm-hmm. you will really enjoy it. If you have a divinity to it and, and a belief structure that's strong – you may actually get upset at how they depict things in the book. That's fair. Because That's fair. there is, I mean, for lack of a better term, there's some blasphemous content that is in it mm-hmm. because they had to take graces to make a story. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. No different than if you didn't like, um, uh, geez, uh, why, why am I losing this one? The Tom Hanks movie and, and book series.
0: Oh, oh, uh, oh yeah, God, no, no, I can't think of it. Um,
1: with angels and demons is yes. the second one. Angels and demons went into it more detail, um, but uh, the Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code, um, thank you. So if yep. you if you f- explored all of the Da Vinci Code, there was a point in there where you were like, what? No. That's no, not at all. Like that's mm-hmm. not how any of the, but it's a
0: story. But understand, it's a fictional story. Constantine
1: does the same thing.
0: It's 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 a big what if that's taken yeah. with you know takes a lot of liberties with it. It's not canon. Nobody says this is the basis of a faith or anything like right. that. It's a story, correct.
1: So so step into it with knowing that if you have some experience in it, there are definite things. Not not unlike Seventh Sea with its with with the way that it brings myth into mm-hmm. the realm. It does explore those things and pushes them a little bit further. So, like, yeah, you you probably could say that, you know, if you were thinking of a certain person or a certain angel or a certain demon, they're probably in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's probably a heavy discussion about them in there.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, so the New World of Darkness, the Chronicles of Darkness, came along. Um, yeah. We've got Vampire, Werewolf, Mage, Changeling all came back. Mm-hmm. Wraith did not. Mm-hmm. Um, but in its place, we've got uh, Promethean the Created. Um, that is, I, I didn't really check that out, but I read a little bit about it. Yeah. I know you're kind of rolling your eyes a little I, bit. Uh, well, we're starting to step away from things and that's where my brain
1: was like, eh.
0: Yeah. Um, so Promethean the Created is all about, uh, 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 basically soulless people who have like the spark of life inside them, but no real, like they weren't born. They were created from this Promethean flame. Yes. And um, there's some neat stuff in there, but like, <sighs> Anyways, okay. I, I, I don't I, know. I, I I don't have an opinion on it because I've right. never played it. Um, right. It could be very compelling. I don't know. Changeling the Lost, uh, Changeling the Lost, which actually sh- flips the script on Changeling. One hundred percent. Instead of playing the fairies, you play these the the mortals that were stolen by the fairies. Yes, and and escaped their their realm.
1: Right. Um. A good example of this, if you uh, if you or if you're in Arthurian large uh, legends and lore, um, I believe the uh, the tale of not Galahad Gawain uh, Gawain uh the Green Knight mm-hmm. um was a, a story of a of a lost mm-hmm. because he got away yep and and to degree had
0: problems mm. because of that um but that that's a perfect example of it yep uh so Hunter makes a makes a resurgence you got mm-hmm. Hunter the Vigil now yep. uh Geist the Sin Eaters Ooh. again another thing I never really I, I never got into didn't look into it much um apparently these were people I believe like that were going to die or something like that and made some deal with some extra extra entity that brought them back to life. But now they've got this other thing kind of hanging on that... There's... If I remember correctly, there's some demon stuff involved in that as well. Okay, okay, okay. So... Uh, you've got Mummy the Curse. Right. Uh, demon the Descent. So those an extension of it. So yeah. those two come back. And then yeah. we've got Beast the Primordial. And I'm, again, I'm not... I never I, even touched that book, I've so I'm never. No idea. I'm not familiar with it at all. So. Yeah. so, but you see, you've got a lot of, and, and but but again, all of these things are meant to play together. So you've got yeah. a lot of options. Yeah. Um. But a general, general
1: feel yeah. on on both worlds. In one, you have the the, the direct feel of an end of a world, mm-hmm. or a coming end of the world. You have uh, it very character driven. Excuse me again. Too much drinking. Uh, very character driven. Uh, very character uh, abounding, where you have these deep, rich character developments that push your character uh, toward and and balanced on a, a knife's edge, if you will, on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, whether it's your humanity, whether it's your honor, whether it's your uh, paradox. Your rage. Your rage. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on top of that, you then have this um, this image of where things are going. And then on the other side of that, instead of it being an image of where things are going, it was where things happened mm-hmm. and what we have now. Yep. So. Yeah.
0: You want to get to some questions? I know it's, we've, we've gone really late. No,
1: I, I, I again, late is relative for us. Yeah, I would this love is gonna, to hit this some is questions. Gonna be, this is going to be a big episode. So. No, I think it's good. We're going to go for a little while longer because we've got some really good questions from people um, specifically about World of Darkness. We're going to hold some other questions that we've got in here uh, for another show, but. We'll, we're going to get through the world of uh, of darkness questions that we've got in here that I think are really really good.
0: All right, why don't you get started, then Maybe um, see some there's Yeah, let's just start with interest. the basic one.
1: Uh, okay. The Mad Elf asked us, "What was our favorite support or supplement book for World of Darkness?"
0: Oh, um, I mean, I was always a big fan of the uh, the, the the clan books um, for mm-hmm. for vampire. What was your uh, favorite clan? I, I played Malkavian almost exclusively um, and, and and i'll i'll tell you why sure. actually because uh i i saw so many bad malkavians being played that it was very much an interest of um i like i like a more psychological style of horror personally but also nobody else is going to do it right if i don't do it um so malkavians are vampires who are inherently insane literally the embrace of Their their bloodline carries madness with it, so even if you weren't technically crazy before you were embraced, uh, you go crazy either during or shortly after you are turned into a vampire. Right, and it's all unique. Like it's not like you know if the if the guy who bites you is schizophrenic, you turn into a schizophrenic too. It's not as simple as that. It's just that your brain fractures in some way. Mm-hmm. and you to it's, incura- handle it, yeah. it's incurable it's mm-hmm. incurable you cannot you will as a Malkavian, you will always be flawed mentally in some way mm-hmm. um you'll always carry that carry that with you and so uh i played a character that was uh deeply schizophrenic um and uh played this character at a larp mm-hmm. uh and oftentimes i i i checked out a bunch of like psychology books on <laughs> like Uh, How it you know what the different symptoms of it are and you know what certain stress levels will do to people and such like that in common ways that it will express itself and um, then proceeded over the next couple of months to have people stop play with me to ask me if I was legitimately all right (laughs) because I was role playing it so well.
1: Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yep, I think the my the Melk that I once played, uh, which I I, br- I brought up on the show, was mm-hmm. uh, one of the ways I role played it, which was outside of the story, uh, was that he just believed he was an angel. Mm-hmm. That that was it. He he honestly believed he was an angel and that he had wings. He was just delusional. And he was just delusional. Mm-hmm. Just that simple. He he was honorable. He was caring. He was he was everything that really a vampire wasn't. Um, but crazy that he believed he was an angel. Yeah. That was it. Simple as that.
0: But overall to get back to the question though, mm-hmm. the uh the source books for each of the individual clans I thought did a really good job of fleshing out the clan. Very telling much. Telling so. a lot of its stories, a lot of its people, a lot of its motivations and stuff like that. And I always mm-hmm. felt a lot better about a clan once I read its clan book mm-hmm. than I did just reading the one page description in the in the meat book.
1: Without a doubt. Um for me, I will say Dark Ages. I loved Dark Ages. Oh I yeah. It was, yeah, I thought it was beautiful. That it was deep. I thought it did a great job of explaining what things were like for them, and kept the setting and feel. Putting the um, goth back in gothic horror. Exactly, exactly. Like true goth, if you will. Um. So I would say that uh, if I was to go back, I would go and play that. But um, yeah, I I loved the feel. It was just fun, mm-hmm. like hearing about crusaders who weren't necessarily divine you know they were vampires Mm -hmm. but still doing their job
0: but yeah still doing god's work because Mm -hmm. of course they are
1: yeah like this doesn't change me yeah you know
0: this just gives me more power and an eternity to do this exactly yep
1: all right grab another one
0: all right uh so technolich asks uh let's see here um i'm trying to find world of darkness related ones uh do you want to jump to Knox? Yeah. Uh, certain games. I think we answered, do certain games have specific tones and storytelling styles? I think,
1: yeah, I would say that just to kind of come back on that one. Um, yes. Each one of the settings within world of darkness set its own tone of how things are going. But in, in the end, I think that white wolf as a whole has a world setting of things breaking down and you trying to manage yourself within it. Yeah. That's that's yeah. really the t- setting.
0: Um, imagine. And tone. Uh, it, to, to give you a metaphor for the White Wolf, for the, for the world of darkness, imagine driving around that car where every week something new is going to break on it. You don't know if it's going to be the radiator, you don't know if it's going to be a flat tire, you don't know if it's going to be, you know, your exhaust or whatever is going to drop out the bottom, but you know that car is falling apart, and you know it's a matter of time, and there's only so much bondo and duct tape and bungee cords you can slap on that thing to keep it running before it finally gives up the ghost. Now imagine that car is your entire world, and that's that's really the feel. It's, things are falling apart and you're just whatever genre you're playing, you're trying to do your best. Um, but individual games, though, like I said, have their have their own their own theme to them. Vampire, of course, you've got the struggle against your own humanity. Are you going to give in to the beast within? Yeah. Um, and along with that, you know, even if you are trying to be the do gooder, you're surrounded by other monsters. And so how much good can you do when you're the only one in the room doing the good?
1: Right. Now, how much, how much killing justice is
0: justice or vengeance? Exactly. Uh, then you've got uh, Werewolf. Um, Werewolf actually had a really great setting to it because you were supposed to be these, these great, honorable, mm-hmm. powerful protectors of the wild.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but there's also supposed to be a balance yeah. between the wild, the worm, and the weaver. Yeah, um, which is the the worm being the force of corruption, mm-hmm. the weaver being the force of creation, which is like the advance of technology and such like that. Right, and the wild being what you expect it to be the the the, the wilderness, the force of life. Right. Um, Somewhere along the way, the weaver drove the worm insane, mm-hmm. and the worm started just destroying things. It was no longer entropy mm-hmm. and the, the eventual decay of things. It just started turning into destruction and corruption, mm-hmm. and that threw all of the balance off. And so the, the the werewolves all had this big meeting, and there was this powerful seer who could who could see the future and came back with this prophecy that said there's going to be this great battle against the worm— and we lose yeah and what do you do with that like that's that's the beginning of the story is we know in the end when the, when the big fight comes we lose right so what so do you do
1: do you say no i'm gonna still fight and we could win or do you say screw it
0: yeah do you just give in yeah and give up and join, do you, do join you give the give guys yeah, yeah. um so that's that's the theme behind Werewolf. Uh, Mage, you've, you are these warpers of reality. You can literally change reality at your fingertips, and it's about the wonder of creation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, the general populace doesn't accept that and actively fights back against it. Um, but there's something more powerful than you out there right
1: doing the same thing
0: there are other factions that are essentially trying to make reality less malleable Mm -hmm. so that they can dictate what it is what reality is yep they can, so they can write the rules on it essentially Mm -hmm. so that reality itself will no longer be changeable um and so, you know, there, that's, that's the thing there is like, you know, how malleable is reality when you've got it constantly pushing back against you, you know? Yeah. Um, Changeling, like I described earlier yep. is all about dreams mm-hmm. and you know, you live in the summerlands, but in a very, um, almost song of fire a nice way, winter is coming. Yeah. And when I say winter, I don't mean a cold period. I mean the death of invention, mm-hmm. the death of dreams. Mm-hmm. The death of wonder
1: well and they even bring up like uh there's there's a great thing in when they did dark ages that kind of spilled into changeling uh that talked about uh the the time of loss mm-hmm. um and they referred to it as something else in changeling but effectively it was it was during the dark ages when all kinds of knowledge was lost and mm-hmm. people were basically dying there was plague there was all kinds of stuff stacked on top of it and nobody wanted to create nobody did anything and all you had were these little font you had you had nothing but nightmares Mm -hmm. and you had these little fires of light that were out there in the wilderness that was you know art creation and things and sometimes those fires were not where you thought they were coming from yeah they were coming from dark places trying to bring it out uh and they saw the future where those lights don't exist
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it was like uh uh-oh like, when all the stars go out at night, yeah, the darkness creeps in. Where will completely. our refuge
0: be? Right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Nox is saying, <laughs> that's too soul-crushing for me to consider playing right now. It's, I'm with uh, you. You're, you're, not, you're not wrong. Yep. Um, mm. it, it, it does take a certain group. It takes a certain mood. You yeah. Know? Yep, totally. It, it takes It takes a desire to want to explore these darker themes mm-hmm. and eke out your victories against impending doom. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's really I think where 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 the big appeal of all this comes from. Right. Is fi- finding finding your small victories when you know when you know the end result is going to be loss.
1: Do we do we want to try and tackle Overwatch's question? Uh, let's see
0: here. Yeah.
1: Cuz we talked about this last night.
0: Yeah, how do you balance a truly open-ended magic system like Mage the Ascension while still encouraging creativity and player agency? Um I think we we mentioned it earlier. It's it's really all about how bad you can be as your storyteller. <laughs> yeah, I, I think
1: I, I think Mage specifically is a system that speaks
0: to people who are very creative. So, just to give a quick rundown of kind of where where this question's coming from. Um, For those of you who are not familiar with the Mage magic system. So, uh, when we say magic system, uh, a lot of times people go directly to D&D. Because that's their first and only Mm -hmm. uh, reference to magic. Where you've got codified spells like Fireball and Cone of Cold and Teleport. That all do very specific things in very specific ways um, at very specific, say, levels. Okay, Mm -hmm. Mage doesn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. Mage has nine spheres something like that nine-ish maybe it might be 10 or 11 i can't remember off the top of my head yeah um spheres of influence essentially okay and these are things like forces and that's things like heat and light and momentum okay but that's it that's just heat or light or momentum or whatever else If, if it's a physical like in the physics sense of the term a force that's what it controls there's things like life that has to do with the physical embodiment of living things right there's things like entropy that has to do with chance and things falling apart um there and and so each one of these spheres has five ranks to it you may have no ranks in a sphere. You may have up to five, which is incredibly difficult to do, which makes right. you essentially a godlike master of that particular sphere. Correct. So Mage's entire magic system is built around I don't know, what do you want to do? What can you do? Right. Within your certain
1: spheres. How much can you, how much can you hold your control One... over a situation and and as the character mm-hmm. and be able to explain your will over something? in a plausible way.
0: Right. So if you want to throw a fireball, right. Okay, fire is a force, it's mm-hmm. heat. Okay, so that that requires and you so you look up forces mm-hmm. and you see what it requires to evoke a certain amount of fire. Okay, say that's forces 3. Right. Okay. Now, are you pulling this fire from an existing source or are you creating it from your own magic? Right. Okay, if you're creating from your own magic, you're going to also need rank 2 in quintessence or in prime, I'm sorry. In prime. In prime. Um, which is the the flow of quintessence, the mere potential of creation, correct. Okay. Um, then, if you're trying to say, you know th- there might be other things that go into it. So is it raining? Is it well, not even is it raining, but just just from the standpoint of how do you create oh, that's a true. fireball creating it? yeah, you know um, So are you just gonna whip a fireball out there because reality's gonna have a few things to say about that, or right. are you gonna throw some extra stuff in there to try and make it look coincidental? Are you going to try to make it appear from a local gas main, right? So that it looks like oh, it was just a gas explosion. Mm-hmm. Well, projecting it from something other than yourself might require some uh, correspondence mm-hmm. to make it a, to to cross space mm-hmm. between you and where you want it to appear, right? Et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so you look at what tools you have in place, and you say with the tools I have at hand. Can I make the thing that I'm going to literally just describe off the top of my head actually happen? And so, obviously, as a storyteller, this makes it a little bit of a headache. Because unlike Fireball, which I can look up as a third-level wizard spell and know exactly that it's going to do 8d6 damage in a 20-foot radius... um. I don't know at any given moment what the hell my players are going to pull out of their respective orifices and uh, try to pass off as as an effect from their mage, and so it gets a little bit tricky, real darn quick. Um, and so to the question, with mm-hmm. all that explanation behind us, and I'm so sorry for the, that it went on so long, but it required some context.
1: It was necessary.
0: Um. How do you balance a truly open-ended magic system like mage while still encouraging creativity and player agency? I think the biggest thing you have to lean into, and we've said it before, is be a fan of your players. Without a doubt. Um, If your players are going to be creative and they're going to look at a bunch of disparate puzzle pieces and say, Oh shit, I know what I can make out of this. right, And pull something fantastic out of their minds and put it in front of you they should by all means be allowed to do the job. I would say as
1: much as D&D is a system against the players and as much as 7th uh, C is a system where you're riding along with the players, I honestly want to say that World of Darkness is a system where you're almost supporting the players yeah. because the chances of them not succeeding are so high and the problems that they have to deal with just to try and get through the system... To enjoy the story will create enough struggle for them. Mm-hmm. So it's, Absolutely. It, it is It is so different in that aspect.
0: It's like the storyteller doesn't need to be against the players because the setting already is. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, by all means, if they do something creative, lean into it. Yeah. Lean into it. Let, let them have it. Because... yeah. yeah. The, the next technocracy hit mark or... or next time the subbot
1: comes around the corner and burns something. Like or... there,
0: there, there's always more. like There's always more horribleness. Let them have a victory or two. Yeah. And if nothing else, if you really are leaning into the into the darkness in the world of darkness... Right. Letting them have that bright moment of victory makes it all the more sweet when you snatch it away from them.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a great way of putting it. Yep. I think that's a great way of putting it. Anything else we want to hit? Oh, uh, let's see here. Oh, I mean, Maddow's got this... Interesting thing that kind of goes... Yeah, kind of throw deep. it at me. We'll um, me. World of Darkness is a setting where each game is hypothetically part of the same world. Assuming a game where players can build characters from one or more of the individual games, how do you help players promote group unity when one of the underlying premises of the game is fractional conflict, both with an individual game and between the games? Vampires and werewolves and mages, oh my. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... I think in the original story, if you if if I and I remember playing games where we had vampires and werewolves and mages in the same game. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember one wor- like that. Working too. toward a common goal, mm-hmm. I think it is no different in that aspect than any other system. There are bonds that bring them together. Those bonds have to be created by the players mm-hmm. to each other of why they're bonded, and then through those bonds they work on a common goal and that, com- that basically pulls the knot closer together.
0: Yeah. I, I think especially if you're going to go, you know, very disparate, like, like a werewolf and a vampire who are supposed to be sworn enemies, uh, vampires being agents of the worm vampire, or, uh, yeah, vampires being of the worm and, and werewolves being of the wild, uh, uh, they're arch nemeses and supposed to be shredded upon, upon contact. Um, If you are going to stick even, like, opposing forces like that into the same group, it's very important as a storyteller to find a common enemy that is greater than any animosity between the two of them. Correct. Um, And make it mutually beneficial for them to join up and destroy that.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are things you can do where, basically, uh, one of the ones that I thought was really well done Mm -hmm. was that all of the players were already friends to start with Mm -hmm. they all went to the same high school or college together they hung out together and then they were told uh then they were created into what they were Uh, they became a vampire they were they came out as a werewolf they came into being of of a mage because they had been kind of working on it in secret Mm -hmm. and now it's a truth and then now they're all discovering that they're not supposed to like each other, and that's a problem.
0: <laughs> the the werewolf jumps down to eviscerate the vampire, and just as he's about to sink his fangs in, goes, "John?
1: Yeah, it's it's Ka- the Deadpool moment." Ka- Carol? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> what it, are you doing you? here? What? Oh jeez! Oh my it's god! Been...
0: What? I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. <laughs> like um i mean yeah you could you could definitely do that uh i also think like the the setting itself um if you i mean if you're just following the the, the main books and such like that uh does a pretty good job of giving you some like darker common enemies there, there are there are deeper shadows that go bumpier in the night than you do um uh, so like a uh, pentex comes to mind uh evil evil corporation essentially that's trying to bring about the end of the world and you know, whatnot like that, uh, uh, that, that are, are horrors that if one such popped up, um, it would be in everybody's best interest to try to take this thing out, um, for the continued preservation of everybody. Then you can get back to your petty squabbles later, but that thing needs to die now. Um, and I, I know that's, that's kind of where my plot usually went when I, uh, when I, when I try to do crossover games, but admittedly, crossover games are very difficult. They very much are difficult. You've got, he's he's right, you've got a lot to worry about just even when you're running all vampires, uh, that, let alone worrying about uh, uh, trying to cross over and justify why a vampire and a werewolf haven't killed each other yet. So, oh, man, There's a lot to discuss here.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, I feel like we did a lot.
0: Yeah. At I the same so time,
1: and I think we did justice.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, please understand, we've barely scratched the surface here. Yeah, um, and uh, my closing thought on it is
1: it is a fun system. Mm-hmm. Classic or the new. Yeah. If you're interested in a world where you're heavily embedded with the characters and in, in honestly, even the classic, character creation is not that challenging. No, it, it really isn't. It is in-depth. There are degrees beyond simple character creation you can go with people but not even to the extent of needing other things Mm -hmm. they merely help you define better like in just the base vampire book you can do a lot
0: oh sure sure but oftentimes oftentimes i didn't even use the expansion supplements or but if you if if you
1: grabbed the additional books the splat Mm -hmm. books and and go into one of the clans you can gain a lot more but remember you're going to be creating a story that is relatively simple Mm -hmm. in a world that is exceptionally challenging for your players and you're going to be there to help them through the darkness Mm -hmm. and through those roles and see where those struggles lead
0: yeah it is going to be heavy on your players it is it's a very heavy system and oftentimes like i personally don't have the spoons for it a lot of times it's
1: emotionally heavy but
0: System heavy, not otherwise. But there are some people who find that very therapeutic. Yep. Um, because you can work through some heavy stuff like that at yeah. the table and uh tell some pretty dark stories to you know, and, and and maybe your whole life looks a lot lighter after you're done telling that story. Um I'm not personally one of those, but I know people like that and uh absolutely I encourage you to give it a look if if, if uh, a darker style of story is what you're looking for.
1: I think that's perfect. Let me see if I can get this uh, music started up for us.
0: Alrighty. So next week's topic, uh, we're going to be talking. We've talked a lot about how to uh, how to begin games, how to how to play games, but we really don't talk a lot about the end of games. So when uh, do you or should you end your game? Uh, and it's game session, game campaign. Uh, what's the time, the moment, the plot beat? How do we uh, How do we bring it all to a close? So uh, you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. You can listen to us live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time um, on mixlr.com slash storyteller-conclave. And uh, please join us on Discord. You can find that link up on our Twitter as well as up on our website at storyteller-conclave. Dot blueberry that's b-l-u-b-r-r-y dot net
1: we'd like to thank our patreon members Knox, sam and our, the arcane asylum especially and the rest of you who help us with all, every month it helps us ever so much and we would love to have you join us so we can celebrate with you as well online our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at Geefrogmusic.webley.com. Uh, our outro music, Only Our Footprints in the Sand, by Midair Machine, is what you're hearing right now. You can find that at SoundCloud.com slash Midair Machine slash
0: tracks. Mm, give a big shout out as always to our families. Yeah, happy, birthday, Sean. Sean. happy birthday, Sean. Happy birthday, I
1: hope you're enjoying
0: your time you so and much. she will be
1: there soon. Thank
0: <laughs> you so much ice cream when I get home. Oh man, that sounds good. Uh all of our friends who've sat with us at our tables over the years, and you, every single one of our listeners, we love you. Stay love healthy. Healthy and safe.
1: Please stay healthy and safe, especially right now. And, and have a night. wonderful night.